This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Can't we wrap? We can Startups of the Week. Not wrap. Hey guys, welcome to Startups of the Week Season 2. I'm Natasha and I'm here with Owen. Hey. And Alex. Hey. This week, we'll tell you about a company that works behind the scenes to get you your online content faster, a local company that has interest from Warner Brothers, and a cute startup gadget that tracks the air quality in your house. Hey guys, welcome to Startups of the Week. I'm Natasha, and I'm here with Owen and Alex. Hello. Hey. Also in the room today, we have Celia, the intern at Crunchbase News, and Ramona, who you guys might already know, at Ramona Terrier on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) I love that it's actually the same on both social accounts. And we have King in the room, too. And King. It's a good day for the podcast. Our saving grace. So the first startup we will be talking about this week is one that you might not have heard of, but definitely rely on. It's called Fastly. Um, It basically helps you load some pages for Airbnb, The New York Times, The Chronicle, um, and more faster because they put servers closer to you. Um, Oh, and physically, they put the servers physically closer to you. Yeah. So I believe the one, if you're in San Francisco, is in San Jose. Ah. Um, So you don't have to rely on a server across the country or across the world to load something faster. So, you know, the the original idea of the internet was like you would have a computer, it would be connected to other computers, and you would get to it through some number of jumps, but, you know, it was all good because everything was connected. What people found is, you know, that sounds good in theory and practice, like when you're jumping all around the world, every little hop adds some time, some delay, and we know that it's a matter of milliseconds before readers essentially, you know, get bored and go to another web page if it doesn't load fast enough. I mean, the expectations keep rising and rising. So uh, Fastly is not, uh, you know, is not in a new business. Uh, there's a company called Akamai that kind of pioneered the content delivery business back in the They're Boston-based back in the or 90s. Cambridge-based. Yeah, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, very well known. Actually, you know, Steve Jobs personally credited Akamai for making the iTunes store possible. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Now, that's a throwback, but that wasn't that far ago in years, actually, if you measure backwards. Yeah. No, absolutely. So Fastly is, you know, is an up-and-coming player, uh, a site called CDN Planet that tracks all of these services. And what does CDN mean? Content Delivery yes. Network. CDN <laughs> stands for Content Delivery Network. CDN Planet tracks 22 major content delivery networks. And, um, you know, Fastly is up there. They, um, you know... Natasha, they told you that they have some healthy chunk of internet traffic that they serve now? Yeah, um, they said that they serve about 10% of all internet traffic um, requests a day. So yeah, that's that's like, amazing for a little startup out of San Francisco. That right. has, you know, well, Definitely not they, little. They just raised $40 million. So yeah. like, let's be clear, they're, they're not the same size as like Google, but they're still a pretty big deal now. But Akamai is a public company. It's worth about $14 billion. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of capital investment. There's a lot of technology development and expense that goes into this business. So there's fierce competition. I'd say what Fastly has going for it is if you think of like Akamai as, say, PayPal, 
Okay. Um, Fastly is Stripe. It's like really easy to set up. Developers love it. There's no, you know, there's no kind of long-term contracts. You don't have to call call a salesperson on the phone, which startups hate. So essentially, it's the Twilio of CDNs. So it's kind of the uh, the the more developer-friendly tool um, that will become more popular because developers can kind of plug right into it without having to go through all the old talking channels. I like the, that we're having a kind of a, a competition to see who can come up with the most yeah, obscure that's... startup analogy. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we can keep doing that all day, but I think everyone else in the room will just get very cross with us. But you know, I, I agree. I, know, with you. I was following it, but don't don't keep going. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, we don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> I think uh, you know, I think I had the Asana of analogies, uh, while yours was more like the Trello. You're more the Microsoft Teams to my Slack mind. <laughs> so we oh, can burn. We'll, we'll drop it there. But I'll just say this: according to uh, the SF Chronicles reporting, uh, they do about 400 billion internet requests a day. That's Insane. a lot, and that's 10 percent of the internet. They say, but just 400 billion is a st- Staggering amount of requests. I mean, I, I forget at times how big the internet is. Right. And yeah. like, I, I mean, it's a dumb thing to say, but I do forget that there are billions of people that use it every day. It's, exactly. it's crazy to me. Yeah. And, and uh, Natasha, I, I thought the, um, you know, the CEO uh, who you spoke to. I to- yeah, I talked to the president. Josh the president. Um, so the president of, uh, of Fastly had a really good point to make about, you know, the internet. It's, you know, our, our bits are traveling over fiber optic uh, cable, so they should be theoretically going at the speed of light. Right. Yeah, he had a great quote. Um, they should totally make this their tagline. He was saying that Fastly doesn't go faster than light. They just cheat it by putting close putting it closer to you. Um, and I think this is important, especially because with how much analytics, like drive papers even, like how important analytics are to us, We, our engagement team wants to focus so much on that. Um, and he was saying like shaving off a millisecond can make someone stay on your page, click the video that you worked so hard to produce, and engage with their content. Yeah, this is kind of Google's genius. I was about figured, to say, yeah. They figured out early on that just loading that page fast made such a difference. And they made more money doing those really simple blue, you know, blue links and, and text ads than they made off of banner ads because people actually looked at the ads. They clicked on them. Exactly. The engagement was much higher. I don't know. I think this is a really cool company. I'm curious to see if we'll see any other players bubble up because of the high kind of capital request cost required to get into the business. I wonder if we've now seen kind of the full complement of leading uh, CDN-ish startups out there. I think that the other one to watch is Cloudflare, Cloudflare also a San Francisco company. Um, very controversial because they've, you know, they've... Uh, taken a very strong free speech stance in terms of the sites. Except for that one exception that bubbled up, yeah, which, the, was, the, which the, was the Daily, the Daily Stormer, Stormer, a right. neo-Nazi website. And they decided to, to drop them not because, um, not because of the speech that was happening on the, on the site per se, but because the Daily Stormer was saying, you know, look, everyone, Cloudflare stands with us and believes in us. They and you were like, no, They're no. like, no, no, we don't. Yeah. You, you but pay the, us. <laughs> but the, the CEO of Cloudflare said, I shouldn't have that power. I shouldn't be able to take someone off the internet. They shouldn't rest in my hands. Um, but they also were being jerks to Cloudflare, so I, I'm not shocked they got dropped. And, and it is it is an Also, they're terrible. Yeah. Yes, let us make that clear. Just be super clear about that. Nazi's <laughs> bad. Just very clear. Okay. Yeah, and to just have one more thought on the kind of emerging role of content delivery networks, it does raise a question about kind of the democratization of speech on the internet. The old idea in the 90s was that anyone could put up a server and, you know, be connected to everyone. What we found is, you know, in in practice, you have to have 
all of this infrastructure to have your speech be readily available. So it's not just enough to be on the internet. You now need all these services that make your site, you know, essentially competitive. Right, because Google bakes speed and responsiveness into its search rankings now. And so if you're super slow, you will essentially get downranked by the index of the internet, which is a big deal. Anyways, we should move on, though, to PlexChat. PlexChat. So PlexChat was recently acquired by Warner Brothers Interactive interactive entertainment um but so basically what my understanding of them is that they give mobile gamers a chance to chat with each other alex do you want to tell me about yeah but what what really caught my eye about this company was that they had built an esports league this year for a game called clash royale i want to say january i think it was january this year so it was just a few months ago but I, i don't play clash royale because i don't play mobile games much because i'm not over the like under the age of 14 um, what? <laughs> but what's really interesting is they, they, they built kind of a bootleg esports league for this game and uh, we're just running it. I thought that was very um, ambitious of them. And especially as we've seen in the last five years of kind of the global esports boom, this plugs right in. And um, if you are a publisher of games and you want to have increased engagement and therefore probably drive more revenue, having chat built in is probably a pretty good way to go about it. So I presume Warner Brothers wants to use this instead of some apps they already own um, to uh, bolster engagement. I was surprised that Warner Brothers... Um already doesn't do they not already have like a communications platform well you know if you if you are if you are warner brothers um you probably are good at developing games definitely but you're probably not good at developing core technology and i think that's the issue here but uh but alex in in your opinion is this a was this just a talent acquisition or a product acquisition or somewhere in between that's hard to say up front because they'd raised seven million um so they had raised enough money to get Somewhere, and they obviously built products that were in the market, so it's hard to tell. I think if they're mostly going uh, to add the technology into their kind of maybe existing stack, it can't be called an acquire because they were actually going to use some of the tech. But I don't think it was a, a deal that was designed to build revenue. You know, it wasn't that sort of deal. Probably more strategic as opposed to business oriented. Right. I I want to say in the press release, um, the Plex Chat CEO and founder Sean Faust, they said that he was going to be appointed to a new role to oversee the integration of a chat platform in Warner Brothers games. Yeah, and which I think I thought th- was cool to yeah. them. I, I think this is always the dilemma of startups is, you know, their hope is that they become some kind of universal function, like the chat service for all mobile games everywhere and become really huge and, you know, have have power over developers so they can negotiate good terms. That's always the ambition is that you become something kind of ubiquitous. Right. I think what they've, you know, what they've seen here is more a settling for well, at least we can get our technology in the Warner portfolio of games. And that's something, and it gets the technology out there and used. Right. They, they get a massive amount of distribution through this acquisition, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, not every startup is going to blow up by itself. Yeah. There's only so much room in the market for kind of um, companies that step out from the mix. Uh, but it's a cool deal. I'm happy to see it. And um, mobile games are not for just people who are under the age of 14. They're actually a huge business. And mobile esports, like all jokes aside, is a growing segment of esports. I personally find it less compelling than other forms. But you know what? People made fun of esports to begin with. So maybe diversity is just a good thing. Yeah, I think diversity is a good thing. In this context as well. <laughs> In this context as well. That, I, I now see what I said and how that didn't come out as well, quite what I wanted. Let's move on to yes. Aware. Um, our last company, whose name I love, um, it is a San Francisco startup with about $8 million in funding. It basically is a smart tech air quality monitor, and it tracks temperature, humidi- humidity, carbon dioxide chemicals, dust, fine dust, all in real time. So what I thought was cool was talking to their um, chief of marketing and branding, and I was like, how fa- like if a fire starts outside, like how fast will this 
like little device track that he said if you blow into the device the carbon dioxide monitor will like shoot up like the numbers will change so it's real time it's fast it's interesting i think this is going to be pretty popular among people who have a really like deep care about their environment and what's going on like the crystal buying people maybe might really be into this but owen you were saying before the show that this may not be exactly a mass market product that it's not going to be really applicable to i don't know average people you know, I I find the problem with these hardware startups is that they often have the idea for the device, but not for its distribution. Are you going to sell it in Target? Are you going to sell it in Best Buy? Are you going to get good placement on Amazon? How are you going to deal with like hundreds of Chinese knockoffs that, you know, basically claim to do the same thing? Maybe they don't do it as well, but... Um, they'll do it cheaper, for sure. Yeah, and they'll, they will close... 199 You know. Yeah. It's 200 bucks. Yeah, it's 200 bucks. Yeah. That's that's fine, but I'm also SF price distorted. So yeah. Is that a normal amount of money? I don't know. I'm Jersey not price distorted. So how does it hit you? I, that's not. I, I couldn't afford it. Like, so the answer is too much? Too much okay. is my answer. There but I want to just make a quick comment. Um, they were talking about how kind of the, the genesis for this product was one of the daughters of an executive there had eczema. And um, they needed to make sure that the humidity in the room was always, you know, on point to make sure that her eczema wouldn't flare up. So there is that angle of it. I don't think that's maybe a mess. I like, I like that. Yeah, that is. That was an interesting part. And um, the second part was the wildfires. Um, there's an increasing need for people to breathe in cleaner air that um, after the wildfires left find us. So um and find us is the, it's what's called PM two point five, which is the yeah. maximum size for the um, the particulate matter. Right. Why do and you know this? <laughs> because I track uh, pollution in Chinese cities because I'm a huge nerd. Oh. Um, that's all true. Anyways, <laughs> this tracks uh, the, the micro dust that can get in your lungs and cause damage. So you can also cancer. T- yeah. 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 So you can also tell not just kind of cosmetic um, qual- air quality things, but actually things that you wouldn't notice but can't hurt you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, here here in the Bay Area, our air quality management district does track fine particulates. In its, uh, in its stations, which are distributed throughout the region. But I think people want to know, like, down to their house, what, what the conditions are. Yeah, I, I don't are. care what's going on in North Beach. I'm not cool enough to live there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I care one a lot day. more about Lower Pack. One day. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe one day. Um, they said that, um, just to finish it off, he said that um, Nick Barnes from Aware, he was saying that it can be... Um, five times worse in your own home than outside. So that's just to leave you off with a little worries. Don't, don't go home. to be worried. You'll die. You know, um, or rather than spending, you know, $200 on a, on a gadget, maybe you could just invest $5 in a duster. Look, we're millennials. We're not going to do housework. I'm going to yeah, buy an aware now. I want just, a cute little monitor. I'm going to buy this now just to spite Owen. Once I'm price sorted, I'll get back to everyone. <laughs> Once I'm price sorted. Okay, and on that note. <laughs> on that note, um, that's it for Startups of the Week. This week, we will be back next week with three more startups. Thanks, guys. Bye. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Startups of the Week. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com. And crunchbase.news. I'm Natasha Mascarenas. I'm Owen Thomas. And I'm Alex Wilhelm. And this is Startups of the Week. <laughs>